notice how Zechariah has a song that's very similar to Mary's. Her song came before her baby was born, but Zechariah's came after. But they both had such a very similar song. You are listening to the Hope Valley Podcast, a weekly production of Hope Valley Church in Winchester, Virginia, with your host, Pastor Sam Rogers. Well, hello and welcome to Sunday morning with Hope Valley Church. I'm Pastor Sam. I'm the lead pastor here at Hope Valley. And uh, today we are continuing uh, and actually finishing our uh, four-part study through Luke chapter 1. We've been doing this during the Christmas season to slow down and think about how to receive the promises of God. We've been looking at the examples of Zechariah and Mary and other people involved in that story. And uh, today we're going to be closing that out as we see, uh, we come back full circle on uh, Zechariah. And the reason we're spending uh, this time in Luke chapter 1, uh, we've, we've broken, we've paused from our study through the book of Acts that we've been doing now for about a year, uh, is because during the Christmas season, really what we're celebrating, what the Christmas celebration is about, it's about something called the Incarnation, right? That God became man that Christ became like us, that he, he, he took on a human body, he lived a human life, he went through human struggles, he endured human suffering, he knows what it's like to be like us. And there's so many promises that are embedded to us in the incarnation, and we wanna slow down, we wanna think about those, and we wanna receive those promises from the Lord and walk in obedience to them, as we'll be talking about uh, today. And so uh, we're going through Luke chapter 1. We're looking at some examples of, of how uh, these people received the promises of God or failed to. And we're going to learn from that so we can apply it in our own life. And so uh, each week I've also just been giving a couple of quotes, one or two uh, from church fathers and uh, ancient and more modern you know, theologians and and scholars who study these things, study things like the Incarnation, and really help us think more deeply about what the Scripture is teaching. And uh, the quote I have for you today about the Incarnation is, again, from uh, Athanasius of Alexandria. Uh, and he, was, uh, he, he lived from 296 to 373, so you know, 1,700 years ago, right, in Alexandria. He's one of the great early defenders of the Christian faith. And this is what he said uh, about the Incarnation. He said, The Incarnation affected two things, the destruction of death and the recreation of mankind. So quotes like this really help us realize there's more to the incarnation than maybe what we've been thinking about. And Christmas is a is a especially uh, perfect time to slow down and think about the incarnation and everything that God has promised us and is doing in us uh, through the incarnation, right? And so at the beginning of Luke chapter 1, we saw Zechariah lose his voice because he doubted right? Uh, he doubted his own capacity to receive God's promise. And uh, Luke uh, records that up until now, uh, through chapter 1, we see that Elizabeth had joy, and, and Mary had joy, and even the community had joy, but not Zechariah. We don't see him experiencing the same joy that everybody else is receiving, right? And so the question is, you know, was it, is it too late? Is it too late for Zechariah uh, to also have this same joy? Has he missed his chance? 
And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to find that out. So uh, we're going to be picking up in Luke chapter 1, verse 57. We're going to be reading to the end of chapter 1, verse 80. And uh, the question I want you to have in your mind as we read through uh, the final part of Luke chapter 1 today is what if you let God's blessing pass you by? Okay. What if you, what happens if you let God's blessing pass you by? Think about that. Think about uh, the joy that we've seen. Everybody have up until this point, the blessings of joy and, and celebration that everyone's been receiving from the Lord. Uh, Zechariah doesn't seem to have been having that same experience for nine months. Uh, what happens when you let those things pass you by? Uh, think about that question. Let that stew uh, as we read. So here we are. We're going to pick up in Luke chapter 1, uh, verse 57. Okay, And it says, Now the time had come for Elizabeth to give birth, and she had a son. And then her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her his great mercy. And they rejoiced with her. And when they came to circumcise the child on the eighth day, they were going to name him Zechariah after his father. But his mother responded, No, he will be called John. Then they said to her, None of your relatives have that name. So they motioned to his father to find out what he wanted him to be called. And he asked for a writing tablet, and he wrote, His name is John. And they were all amazed. And immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue set free. And he began to speak, praising God. And fear came on all who lived around them. And all these things were talked about throughout the hill country of Judea. And all who heard about him took it to heart, saying, What then will this child become? For indeed the Lord's hand was with him. Then his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Blessed is the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and provided redemption for his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, just as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets in ancient times. Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of those who hate us. He has dealt mercifully with our ancestors and remembered his holy covenant. The oath that he swore to our father Abraham. He has given us the privilege, since we have been rescued from the hand of our enemies, to serve him without fear and holiness and righteousness in his presence all of our days. And you, child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give his people knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. And because of our God's merciful compassion, the dawn from on high will visit us to shine on those who live in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child grew up and became strong in spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. All right, so uh, now what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to go back and we're going to break down and really examine uh, that passage, right? Verse 57 to 80. And we're going to look at some of the key points so we can, again, learn from this example. You know, uh, is it too late to receive the promises of God, right? Uh, so the first point we see here is that John 
uh, is born, right? According to the promise that God had made. And if you don't know by now, this is John the Baptist, right? Born to Zechariah and Elizabeth, who was going to prepare the way by preaching uh, about salvation from sins through God's grace ahead of Jesus coming and getting people ready to receive the gospel from Jesus when he arrived, right? So we see that John is born according to the promise that God made. Uh, Elizabeth, she, she gives birth to her son, just as Gabriel had said she would, right? Uh, and that was Luke uh, chapter 1, verse 13. is back in verse 13 when Gabriel had said that. And so uh, remember that, Eliz- uh, that Elizabeth and Zechariah had two things really working against them, right? They had never been able to have kids uh, when they were younger, and now they were beyond the age of having children. And so this really was an incredible miracle, and you can understand, uh, and it's really quite moving when you think about the emotion that must have been involved in all that, right? Just the celebration of the whole community around Elizabeth and, and Zechariah and just rejoicing with them that this incredible miracle had happened, and they finally had a son. They finally had a child, right? And so uh, we see that Zechariah regains his voice, and this is what we want to kind of focus on today. He regains his voice when he obeys the Lord, right? Um, first, we see that he gives his, not, his, his son the name that Gabriel had said to give him, right? In verse 13, uh, Gabriel had said to name this baby John. And so there had been this command, right? This command that was attached to that original promise, name the child John, right? And so Zechariah, here's what's interesting, and you kind of see this in the comments of the family around them when they're going through this very normal uh, ritual of you know, circumcising him on the eighth day and then proclaiming what the baby's name was going to be. Uh, and they're all kind of shocked because Zechariah is actually breaking with cultural tradition in order to obey uh, what he knows the Lord had said, right? Because it was traditional at that time uh, that the firstborn son would have the father's name or maybe the grandfather's name or a strong name in the family line. Uh, and they're like, like no one, you know, that, that's their issue. They're like, no one, nobody in your family has the name John. Uh, and Zechariah breaks with that tradition in order to obey the Lord. And his obedience is key to him finally receiving God's promise. That's something we need to think about as well, right? Obedience is often a condition for receiving what God has promised. As we think about receiving God's promises in our life, we have to realize that often God uh, provides instructions along with those promises. In order to receive them, we have to walk in obedience to what he has said, right? Another way to think about this, again, is simply that God's promises often come with instructions, right? And that's what we see. We see that Zechariah obeys God and finally receives his promise. And so Zechariah receives the promise uh, and the joy that came with it. That's the third major point here, right? Uh, and, and we won't go through the whole thing, but notice how Zechariah has a song that's very similar to Mary's, right? Um, and that was, uh, you know, it says here in verse 67, right, that Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and he prophesied. Uh, but then the prophecy actually comes out in the, in the form of like this poem, song, uh, a psalm, right? Like the book of Psalms. Uh, and, and this is interesting because we see that Mary has a similar song. We already saw that in the last lesson, right? Her song came before her baby was born, but Zechariah's came after. 
but they both had such a very similar song, right? They're both proclaiming the very similar same things about God's promises and his work and how it's connecting them to the greater uh, work of what God is doing through his people, right? And so even though Zechariah is late to receive the promise, he does finally receive the same joy that Mary and Elizabeth had had, right? God's mercy provided another opportunity to receive the joys of his promise. Even though Zechariah had missed this opportunity the first time, it wasn't too late. So yeah, you know, if Zechariah had responded differently, perhaps he would have been able to experience that same joy and the same blessing for the last nine months of his wife's pregnancy. But it still wasn't too late. It still wasn't too late for him to receive the promises of God. Uh, and they came to him when he finally, when the moment finally came and God had finally worked his promise and Zechariah then uh, resisted the tradition of his own family and his own culture, and he walked in obedience to what God had said. Right? Um, that's when we see him receive the same blessings and the same joy that had come uh, before with Mary and Elizabeth. And so, you know, we're thinking today, it's not too late to receive the promises of God. And that's important, right? Because we've been thinking about that all through the Christmas season. And uh, we're now at the end. Of the Christmas season, right? Christmas was last week. Uh, if you're watching these uh, or listening to these messages uh, when they're coming out, right? And uh, and we've been thinking about the promises of God that are embedded in the incarnation, that they're they're embedded in the very reality of who Christ is and what He's done. Um, and it's also important for us to wrestle with: Is it too late? Could I still receive the promises of God that come to me through Christ, right? And so let's talk for a minute about the implications for us at Christmas, because it's not too late. That's the good news. It's not too late. If you're hearing this message, if you're listening to this, you're watching this right now, the good news is it's not too late to receive the promises of God that you may have doubted until now, right? Because the incarnation, and I want you to just think more deeply about this, right? Here's why it's not too late to receive the promises of God. Because the incarnation of Christ is not just a past event. As we read in an earlier quote in this series, the institute the the incarnation wasn't an event, it was an institution. When Jesus took on human form, he didn't lay it back down again. In fact, he ascended into heaven with a resurrected human body. He did. Like it says it pretty plainly, right? And so the, re- the incarnation of Christ is not just a past event, it is a present institution. And uh, for proof of this, let's go to Hebrews chapter 7, verse 24. And let me just read this to you. It's verse uh, 24 to 26 of Hebrews 7. It says that Jesus remains forever and that he holds his priesthood permanently. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him, since he always lives to intercede for them. For this is the kind of high priest that we need, holy, innocent, undefiled, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. Right? And so as long as Jesus stands to advocate for us, we still have a chance to receive the promises of God. That's how I can say to you, if you're hearing this message right now and you're thinking to yourself, God has given me promises, but I'm pretty sure it's too late for me to enjoy those promises, for me to receive those promises. Let me just encourage you, 
That's not the case. And it's not because of you, and it's not because of any other reason than the fact that Jesus lives forever as our high priest, advocating for us, right? Uh, interceding for us. And because of his eternal status, we can receive the promises of God while we still live because he lives always to intercede for us. That's what we just read, right? So as long as Jesus is standing for us, we still have a chance to receive the promises of God and he's standing right now, right? Ready to intercede for those who come to him in faith to receive the promises of God, right? And so as we start this new year, you know, we talked a little bit on this lesson about the connection between receiving God's promises and following his instruction, right? Another word for that is obedience. Uh, and that receiving God's promise is often connected to obeying what he has told us. Uh, and so as we start this new year, and we're ending this Christmas season, we're going into the new year, um, you know, we talk a lot about in the church, uh, and maybe you've heard a lot of messages around receiving Christ and his mercy and his healing. Um, but that's only half of the gospel. Because the other half of it is we have to receive him as our Lord and our King, right? The one that we are submitted to, the one where when he speaks and guides us and instructs us in the way we should go, we obey and we do it because we know that his instructions are good and they lead us down a healthy path for life. But we don't debate with the Lord. We don't challenge what he's saying to us. We submit to him as King. And so we have that opportunity here in this new year to not just receive him as our savior, but to receive him as our king. And we will receive the joy of God's blessings when we submit to him. So let me just not only encourage you, but challenge you with that. Okay. Um, let me give you a couple questions that may help you dig a little bit deeper as you think through what we've read today in this passage. Uh, first question is, what stood out to you in Zechariah's song? I didn't go over that in detail. Uh, it's very similar, right? It's very similar to, to the one we broke down uh, from Mary in the previous lesson. Um, but I, I kind of left it as it was in order to encourage you to go investigate and break that break that song down. What stood out to you in Zechariah's uh, song, uh, the, thing, the song that he prophesied there at the end of Luke chapter 1? Uh, have you ever felt like you've missed the boat? On God's promises, right? You ever felt like you, the ship has already sailed, right? And God had made a promise and spoken to you and you received it, but you couldn't receive it and you doubted it. And, um, and now you feel like it's too late. Uh, have you ever felt that way, that you've missed the boat on God's promises? And what did this lesson teach you about God's mercy and his faithfulness? Again, if it's not too late, the only reason it's not too late is because God is merciful and God is faithful. Okay. So what did this lesson teach you about God's mercy and faithfulness? How did you see God's mercy and faithfulness play out in the story of Zechariah in this chapter? Uh, and then uh, let me just leave you with some things that I really encourage you to pray about. Uh, and really, when this lesson is over, I encourage you to stop and pray. And the first thing is to ask the Lord to reveal what second chances he's placing in front of you today. Okay. Uh, because sometimes in my experience, God doesn't just give you a second chance. He gives you a third and a fourth and a fifth and a sixth chance. Right. 
uh, and we keep blowing by them because we're not slowing down to let him grab our attention and say, hey, I'm giving you another shot at this because of my mercy, because of my faithfulness. So in your prayer time today, slow down and go, Lord, if you're placing a second chance in front of me, will you help me see it? Right? And then ask the Lord to remind you of the instructions that he's giving you along with his promises, right? And again, as I've talked before, God's merciful and and understanding of the fact that we are often fickle and forgetful. And when we ask him to bring things back to our memory so that we can walk in truth and and obedience with him, uh, he'll do that for us. And so pray that way. I encourage you to pray that way today. And then uh, last thing I'll leave you with is kind of a longer devotional question if you could dwell on this week, pray through uh, this week. And again, uh, every Wednesday I write a uh, devotional and put that up on our website uh, centered around uh, the question that we look at here on Sunday morning. Uh, And you can find that at hopevalley.church slash devo. Uh, But let me give you the devotional question for the week. And it's, uh, there is a real despair that comes from believing that it's too late, right? There is. There's a real despair that comes from believing that it's uh, too late. And so what things are you currently believing you are too late on? And how is the Holy Spirit challenging those assumptions? Okay, think about that, right? What are the things that you're believing that you might be too late on? And how might the Holy Spirit be challenging that assumption in you? Uh, So pray about that this week and think about that. And uh, just pray that, I really do hope that this has been a blessing as we've slowed down for the last four lessons. We've paused our study through the book of Acts in the Christmas season to think about how to receive the promises of God that are embedded in the incarnation and try to unpack those and think about them more deeply and appreciate appreciate the richness that comes to us through Christ. Uh, so I just hope this has been a blessing for you. And, and uh, more than anything, I hope that this series has helped you to push yourself closer uh, and deeper into Christ and all the riches that are that are uh, bound up in his promises and his faithfulness to us. Uh, so I hope that's been helpful for you and uh, I just pray that you'll be blessed uh, today and uh, that you'll continue with us as we start next month uh, back into uh, the book of Acts and chapter 13. I believe where we're picking up. So uh, have a blessed day and uh, we'll see you again. We are so glad you've joined us today. To learn more about Hope Valley Church and get access to free resources, just go to www.hopevalley.church. Hope Valley is a church based in Winchester, Virginia that meets in homes around the region. So if you'd like to find out more about home churches, how they work, and how to locate one near you, just go to hopevalley.church. Thanks again for joining us and may God bless you today.